0: Our desire is that you would be financially at a place where money is not an issue for you, where you can easily manage it, and then also moving toward a place where money will just be a a resource that will come in because of the right things that you've done. You've invested, you've saved, you've uh, managed money well, and for that reason, you'll be freed up.
1: Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. And in this episode, we're going to review and highlight some of our favorite episodes from 2019. Uh, This is going to give you some great episodes for you to check out at the beginning of this new year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, let's start with 52. Yeah. Um, 52 was starting the year off right. And since today is December 31st, and tomorrow starts the new 2020, I think it's a great place to start to really talk about goal setting, something that we all love to do at the beginning of the year, and hopefully this year, the goals you set will actually stick to, and the best way to do that is to look at the highlights that we put in this episode, things like focusing on your financial picture, and you'll see the typical suspects, budgeting, tracking expenses, saving more consistently, and doing that through goal setting.
1: Yeah, well, I really loved Episode 52 and focusing on the really practical steps of goal setting. And we even talked about Leo re recording a whole goal setting episode. Mm -hmm. And as we looked back at Episode 52, it just didn't make sense to redo it because the first one worked out so well. So we're recommending that if you're at that season where it's ready, it's the beginning of the new year, you're ready to go and start some new goals, whether it's working out, it's financial goals, it's relationship goals, Mm -hmm. go ahead and go back and listen to Episode 52. And just Just get that baseline because it'll really launch you well into the year of
0: 2020. I agree. I
1: agree. So if we're looking back at several of our favorite episodes, uh, I know that we just hit 52, but I couldn't skip over 53, Leo. (laughs) So episode 53 was one year ago, uh, just about 51 weeks ago. And we did an episode on credit freezes. And this is something that I had waited years for for it to finally be announced that credit freezes could be done for free. Mm -hmm. Uh, For years, you had to pay $10 to each credit bureau. Actually, some charge a little more, some a little bit less. But they charge you about $10 just to freeze your credit so Mm -hmm. that nobody could steal your identity and open up accounts in your names. But then they also charged you somewhere between $10 to $15 to dethaw your credit and to, to remove the freeze. And so we did a whole episode on episode 53. And I just want to give you guys the highlights here. And as we go through these episodes and highlight some of these, we want to share kind of the key elements, the things that we thought were the best from that episode, the things that we thought would be quick, helpful tips for the new year. So uh, just a quick overview. When we're talking about credit scores and having a credit freeze, the credit score ranges between 300 and 850. Mm -hmm. And your credit score is done by TransUnion, by Equifax and Experian. And these are three giant companies that gather all of your financial data, anything that fits on a credit score, any type of credit or debt usage, and they gather it together, they compile it. Now, what's interesting is they do that without you even knowing about it Mm -hmm. most of the time. Yep. And then they create a score that they sell to other people. So they compile your data, and then they sell your data to other people. Usually, you don't even know what's happening. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's a little bit frustrating, but they now give you the opportunity. The government passed some legislation that forces them to allow you to freeze your credit score where nobody can open up a new account in your name. Mm-hmm. Nobody can search out what your credit is unless you... Dethaw unless you open it up using a specialized pin code to allow access for somebody to access your credit report. And actually, I just think that's—I think it's so cool that it's finally free to be able to do it. I thought when you had to pay them to do that, like, hey, they're tracking all of your data for free, for free, <laughs> and then they're going to charge you to yeah. stop them. I thought that was crazy. So huge kudos to the government for stepping up and putting some legislation that makes that free for us.
0: Yeah, and I mean, let's not forget how important this thing is to us because whether we like it or not, we're part of this system. Like David said, we have this information out there that they're gathering on us without sending us a check because they're doing so. In fact, they're reaping the rewards of that information. And then, of course, for them to put another cost in effect uh, for us to even have the basics covered to be able to say, hey, I don't want my information accessible 24-7, 365, where someone might stumble upon it or seek it out. And we know there's been a lot of things. There's been a lot of that happening. So the fact that we have this opportunity is a huge one because it allows us then to control and open that door and close that door when we want to at no cost to us. And this is really big because the credit score is an important part of our life. It affects in the way we borrow, but it also affects so many other things that we've touched on previous episodes that it touches on the ability for somebody to rent, to get phone and, and different types of discounts yeah. or ability to to buy different services and not yeah. have to pay a huge down payment in order to have it. So it is affecting our life more and more. So having this option was a, a huge relief and I think one that we all should really consider and take advantage of.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, again, the easiest way to do this is to go to Equifax.com or Experian or TransUnion. You can literally Google the name of the company And then type in credit freeze. Mm -hmm. And it will send you the link that allows you to go in. We'll also link it in the show notes. Uh, There's the phone number, you can do it online, you can do it by mail, but it's easy just to do it online. And that's where you want to do it. What happens when you freeze your credit is you make it so that nobody can open up new debt accounts in your name, and nobody can check your credit score without your permission. And so once it's frozen, that means that if you do want to go purchase a home, and you're going to need to have somebody do a credit check, then you're gonna to have to unfreeze it before they can access it. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is that with all of these crazy identity theft things that have happened in the last two years, and really going back beyond that, but especially in the last two years, is that if somebody has your social security, number, and they go and they have all your data and all your social security number and information, they go on to Equifax or TransUnion or uh, Experian, and they enter in all your information, it still won't allow them to access it, even though they've stolen your identity, right? Because you alone will have a specialized pin number. And that specialized pin number is what you get when you freeze your credit, and you're the only one who can open it back up being accessed. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's protection with a double protection because again, the basic information that you would normally be careful with, it creates another layer beyond that so that you can make sure you're the only one that can actually turn this thing on and off.
1: So there you go. Episode 53, go check it out. That was one of my favorites of the year.
0: Yeah. And for me, I always love talking about budgeting and making that a better, easier, more intuitive process and really learning from what other people are doing. And in the episodes 55 and 56, we talked about how to make our budget more successful. And I love going through some of the categories like groceries. And we, we kind of debated the fact as buying in bulk, is that a better way to save money? Right, it, it's right. it's something we see consistently in our society. If you buy at a discount and you buy in bulk, you're gonna save money and and hey, why, why wait? Just buy it now and buy in bulk and then it'll last you forever. But we kind of broke that down and, and looked at the fact that if you're buying in bulk, um, sometimes when you add the membership fee, when you add the impulse buying, when you're in there and you can see the different things in the store, they're not part of the grocery right. routine, right? Um, but you see the furniture, you see the clothing, you see all the other things, how easy it is to be tempted to impulse buy. And sometimes that is a negative, but even in in the actual purchasing of the products, does it make sense to buy a two-gallon bucket of mayonnaise? Right. It might take right. you four years to go through that for two people. Well, probably not. Yeah. But, but it's one of my favorite ones because we talked about some of the basic things that we could touch on so groceries was one of them what else did we talk about daily? yeah
1: well leo we talked about our cell phones and how many people are staying with their carrier too long and what mm-hmm. i loved about episode 55 and 56 is we really dug in to every single budget category and that's what made this really unique because a lot of times when you talk about budgeting it's kind of this high level you know what do you earn minus what you spend mm-hmm. and you have a baseline no, no, no. We went into each category from groceries to cell phone, what it might look like for you to go to a second tier brand, which is something that I recommended on the episode. Yep. I said, go check out. Uh, T-Mobile has Metro PCS. Uh, I believe AT&T has Cricket Wireless. Mm-hmm. Most of the major brands have a second tier brand right. that run on the same networks, but are typically pay as you go month to month with no extra taxes, no extra fees. It's a flat payment, like 40 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. and it includes your text, your data, your calling, and it can be a much cheaper option. So if you don't understand the bill, take time to read it and look it over because that's what's interesting about these first tier carriers is they will have all sorts of fees and taxes and every year the bill seems to go up with these one-off fees yeah and that's one of the things that I love about these second tier brands a lot of times it's that flat fee where you won't have an issue uh, currently I'm using one of these second tier brands I have for several years and it's been great for Ashley and I so that's what I love about episode 55 and 56 is we got to go into these yeah. categories
0: yeah we also talked about you know the auto and property insurance how you know just some of the tips that we uh, shared on how to save in these areas you know because you if you don't shop around for that type of insurance it typically just continues to go up rarely will i, I don't know that i've ever seen a reduction in my insurance no. whether it was my no. car or whether it was now if obviously if if i go from full coverage to liability then yes i would see a, a reduction but yeah, that's part of the, your coverage right yeah, that's part of the savings that we shared and I think it's important, one, to shop at least every two years because most, most of these, unfortunately, most of these good carriers, which is what we recommend, we don't recommend that you go with a third party, somebody that's not gonna be there for you when you need it. I mean, insurance has gotta be there when you need it. That's what you're paying for. So you wanna go with a name brand company, somebody that has a track record and is going to be standing behind their product. But unfortunately, there's just not a lot of loyalty when you're with a company for too long and they just keep bumping up your yeah, they rates. they move
1: your rate up because they, they know statistically that you're not likely to change unless there's a major issue. So they're able to add an extra 50 bucks a year, an yeah. extra 100 bucks a year, and not because necessarily it got more expensive, but just because they usually get you in at a lower rate to pull you away from another carrier. Right. And so every year they start moving you back up.
0: Right, yeah. And, and of course, so you can save other ways. You can increase your deductible, and, of course, you can consider liability uh, only insurance for older vehicles. But there's so many other types of policies there. And when you have multiple policies and they're all going up a little bit, you could see a three to $500 increase every single year. And this is a huge amount over time. So right. that's why we recommended that one. So that's one of the ones we talked about. We also talked about electricity, how uh, fortunately in Texas we have uh, the ability to choose the that. carriers that we have. We, yeah. We're not stuck with one carrier. So we shared choose.org which is a website you can go to. And now there are other ones, but we recommend this one just because it's a little bit better uh, and more regulated. And uh, you you get to determine what you want to pay yeah. and the rate and the contract you get into. So we did recommend that. And also, it's a good idea to shop around non-peak seasons. And by the way, we're in a non-peak mm, yeah. season right now. December through March. Yeah, if you want to purchase uh, electricity, this is the right time to buy. Between now and probably early March, you'll get the best rates. So lock it in for 12 months, and then next year you'll be in the same position to redo it.
1: Yeah, that's one of our best budgeting tips is org. And I think that, Leo, I should be getting some kind of kickback from Power to Choose because I recommend people go check it out all the time. Because it's just a website that lists out all the different providers. Mm -hmm. Then it'll take your zip code, your actual address, and you can enter your information. And then it will tell you exactly who's providing energy in that area. And how much they charge and you can choose based on your usage mm-hmm. the best deal for you yeah and that's just it's just capitalism who's going to provide the best service at the lowest price while still being able to stay in business yeah <laughs> and yeah, so and- check out power to choose it's, it's a yeah. third party you know it's a vendor basically that allows you to or a broker that allows you to choose from multiple insurance yeah. or multiple power brokers
0: yeah what i love about this is the fact that you can determine how much your actual bill is going to be based on your history of how many kilowatt hours per month you use. Let's say if you're averaging a 1,000 a month, then you can plug that into the the rate that you're choosing and you know what your bill is going to be. It's going to be $95, $100, $110. And that way you can budget that in and just stick with that plan for the
1: rest of the year. That's right. Well, one of my favorite series in 2019 was episode 61 mm. to 63, yeah, and it was dating pre-marriage and money. Yeah. And it was dealing with what do I do when I'm just now beginning to date somebody, or I'm in the middle of courting somebody, we're engaged and we're in a pre-marriage season. What are the things that we need to go through together and discuss in mm. order to have healthy financial conversations and be ready for marriage? And so just one of the things that we highlighted in that episode was how important it is, uh, how really it's actually very easy to step away from poverty and step out of major issues in life Mm. if you do three simple things. And I thought this was very interesting. It's one of those things that I had to pull out of that episode and bring back here. One, you can avoid poverty if you do these three things. One, you graduate from high school. Hmm. Two, you wait to get married until after age 21 and do not have children until you're married. And then three, have a full-time job. If you do those three things, you have a less than 2% chance Hmm. of falling into poverty. Wow, that's great. And you have a more than 74% chance of being in the middle class. Hmm. Now, I I used that in the original episodes because it's really hinting at you dating somebody and you going into a relationship and having these financial conversations— the statistics show that if you make a few good choices early on, you yeah. wait to get married until you're 21, you graduate from high school, you don't have kids until after you're married. If you do a few of these things, mm-hmm. it will dramatically impact your entire financial life. And according to the 2010 Census Bureau, for people that were age 55 to 64, so mm-hmm. these are older adults, the records showed that married couples have more than triple the net worth wow. of single adults. Yeah. So being married matters, having healthy financial discussions in marriage matters. Sure. And so I thought that was just so cool. So one of the things that we went through there was 17 unique questions that you could ask on a date night with a person that you're dating that'll lead you to healthy conversation and will allow you to go into marriage prepared and to really unify in your finances. And so definitely, definitely, definitely check out episode 61 through 63. I actually had a few different friends that are dating somebody right now that Hmm. have said, that that series was one of their favorite of the entire year yeah. because it gave them basically some good questions to go sit down and talk to the person they're dating and say, hey, how, what does this look like through your eyes? You know, How do you see this? How did your parents treat money growing up? Uh, how are you doing in, in debt? How are you doing in your credit score? And and you have to have a certain level of relationship. We talk about all the, the peripheral... It's not on the first date. Right, it's not on the first <laughs> day, We talk second. about all <laughs> of the things that you need to have in place before you ask some of those questions. If you go back and listen to the series but it was so empowering for people to actually have real conversations that they wouldn't have had otherwise right so i really loved dating premarriage and money episode 61 to 63 yeah.
0: so if you have someone in your life whether it's a son or daughter or a friend yeah, or whatever that is currently, you know, starting a new relationship or fairly new in a relationship, or maybe they're even thinking about getting engaged and in marriage. This would be a great series to go through because not only do we touch on the dating and pre-marriage part, but we actually go to the long-term success of being married and having financial success by discussing not just the initial seventeen questions, but Literally, you know, uniting yes. your finances, moving yes. through all the way to the end of it. And I think it's such an important topic because, as we said earlier, what, as David just said about the census that brought that information to light, that couples are more likely to be wealthy and happy. And when you work together in unity in your finances, it's going to be, it's going to take your marriage to a level that you, I mean, just can't imagine yeah. how much better it's going
1: to be. Absolutely.
0: Well, one of my favorite, jumping to the other end of the spectrum was uh, our episodes on Social Security. This was episode 69 through 71. It was a three-part series on Social Security because our desire there was to help you understand that there are some things that have been happening in our financial systems, in our government. And the fact that the government has been consistently borrowing and taking from Social Security that has put that fund into jeopardy. And it wasn't to bring an alarm or to make you feel scared, but it was to help you understand that so much of our financial situation depends on us, a decision that we make. Not only early on, like you said, the three decisions to to put you in a better position, to not be poor uh, and to be wealthy, to be in the middle class. In the same way, if we consider our responsibility for our long-term financial health, then we have to consider Social Security. Because if it's a safety net that's not going to hold us, and we don't have all the information, we may be leaning on something that will eventually let us down.
1: Yeah, and Social Security is a huge part of our economy. Mm -hmm. It is... 30 plus percent of our government spending. When you add in Medicare, which is 27 percent mm-hmm. total, those two programs alone are 60 percent of government spending. Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. It, I don't know the exact number that education spending is, but it's, it's like less than three percent. And Social Security and Medicare is 60 percent. Mm-hmm. So what we're spending on energy, on roads, on educating our kids, mm. even on defense for the entire country, I think defense is like 16 percent it pales in comparison to how much money the government is giving out through Social Security Mm -hmm. and through Medicare. And we talked about how it's set up as uh, basically almost like a life insurance type of, not life insurance, but a retirement insurance, right? An annuity, right? And we talked about all the history of it and how it came to be and who the first person to receive Social Security was. But what was the most interesting to me was that for the past 35 years, going back we had about 3.3 people working mm-hmm. for every individual who was receiving benefits. Right. So more than three people working for each one person getting benefits. Now, starting in 2030, just 10 years from now, it will be two workers to one beneficiary. Mm. Significant S- difference. Significant there. difference. So it used to be where maybe if somebody was working, they only had to contribute 300 bucks for mm-hmm. somebody to get a $1,000 check. Because there's three people times three hundred bucks, you're looking at almost a thousand dollars. Now, if you only have two people, each person will have to contribute five hundred dollars. Yeah. So that means that either the person receiving a thousand dollars a month. Is going to start receiving six hundred. Yes. Or the person that was paying three hundred a month out of their paycheck is going to start paying five hundred a month out of yeah. their paycheck.
0: Either way, it's not a good outcome.
1: Either way, we're looking at some very big statistical issues with the current benefits and the current plan. Uh, what's also really interesting to me is that over the years, the Social Security fund. It grew over time because there were so many people paying in. Right. Now, it peaked out at just under $3 trillion, which mm. is a lot of money. Yes. But it peaked out this year, mm-hmm. and now it's going down. Yeah. Which means that right now it has $3 trillion in it. In the next 15 years, between now and 2034, it will go from $3 trillion to have paid out every single dollar, and the fund will be at $0 mm. In 2034. In 15 years, our Social Security fund will have $0 in it. That's a big deal. Now, Mm -hmm. who knows? uh, We have got an election cycle coming up in 2020. So, whoever is elected as president, they may pass some legislation that raises taxes or lowers benefits. Uh, They may pass some legislation that does something else very unique. No matter what, it's not going to be comfortable. It will be uncomfortable legislation, which is why most politicians are unwilling to do it because it's terrible publicity.
0: There's no good outcome. There's not a way to salvage this in a way that... I mean, you can't just print money, so there's no right. easy solution right. for
1: this, and that's part of the reason why
0: many politicians <laughs> have passed the buck.
1: Right, and so, so we may see it addressed in the next four years, maybe the next 10 years, but by 2034, the fund will have $0 in it, and then the government will have to be borrowing from other countries to pay our Social Security or borrowing from other governmental funds. But the funny thing is the government had been borrowing from Social Security. Well,
0: yeah, that's the thing.
1: Eventually, the borrowing is going to run out and we're going to run into major issues. So the whole point of this episode was not to scare you, as Leo said, but it was to give you a little bit of a jolt and to say, it's your role, your mm-hmm. responsibility to work hard, to bring in a little additional income and to save money today for the future when you're not able to work at the same level you are today. You're responsible for your family. The government, I imagine the government is always going to do the best that it can do to help serve you. I don't think it's going to do the best, but I think it's going to do the best that it can do do, to help serve you. But the government will not save you. The government will not take care of you. At the end of the day, you have a, you have you have the responsibility mm-hmm. to sit down and figure out the numbers and begin saving so that when you get to your retirement age, you have something set aside to retire dignity.
0: Yeah. And if you're in your 20s or 30s today, or even even in late 30s, early 40s, you still have time. You oh, still absolutely. have 25, 20, 25, 30 years, because most of us will live way beyond 70, 75, 80 years old. In fact, the new new horizon for us, as far as living is concerned, is probably into the 90s. Yeah, you know, because yeah. of health, because of uh, nutrition and everything, uh, overcoming so many medical problems. Um, I think that as age increases, then our ability to work will continue to increase. So I definitely see in the next decade the government changing the retirement age to oh, probably sure. 68, 69, 70, somewhere right. around there. But the, the point that we're trying to make and what we why we brought up this subject in the first place and why we even did a three-part series on it was really, again, not to scare you, but to help no. you understand that our desire is for you to own your own responsibility and do the best that you can. If Social Security is still there, yeah. if there is some benefit, then it'll be a plus. It'll be a bonus that you may not even need to live on, which would be a great thing. But if it's 50% of your income, or oh, God forbid, 80 to 90% of your yeah. income in retirement— it's going to be a significant change in your life. And I'm not sure where you're going to end up, but our desire is that if you're looking at this, you're 25, 30 years out, there's plenty of time for you to do the right things so that social security is not a need for you. But that paycheck will not make a difference in your own financial
1: life. Yeah, Uh, I went back and looked at the statistics from the episode, Leo, 47% of unmarried beneficiaries, so single adults, Mm. 47% rely on social security for 90% of their income. That's where it is today. And and that's what we don't want for you. If you're listening to this, we want you to be where you're not relying on Social Security for 90% of your income. Mm -hmm. Maybe it ends up being... 25% 25% of your income. Maybe it ends up being 10% of your income, but we would love for you to save and to work out other solutions so that social security isn't your fallback.
0: Yeah. And there is a way you can do this. In fact, oh, that leads us to the next <laughs> next episodes that I think are probably our highlight for the year, because we introduced something that David and I had been talking about and teaching on for many, many years, and that's the four financial steps to purposeful living. And you guys remember our tagline for getting money right is to be free to pursue your true life's purpose. Our desire is that you would be financially at a place where money is not an issue for you, where you can easily manage it, and then also moving toward a place where money will just be a a resource that will come in because of the right things that you've done. You've invested, you've saved, you've uh, managed money well, and for that reason, you'll be freed up. You'll be free to pursue the things that you care about, to do, Uh, with your time and with your experience and resources and, and your talents and your skill, all of that to pursue that thing or those things that you care about. And that's what we call purposeful living. So the four financial steps to purposeful living are one, spend on purpose, right? We talked about spend on purpose so that you know where you are, you know what you're doing, you know where everything is going and you're managing money. Money is not managing you. It's the other way around. You have full control.
1: Yeah, we talked about living on a written plan. You're gonna hear that in almost every getting money right episode. Yeah. I thought it was funny when we talked about our favorite episodes this year. Leo immediately went to the budgeting episodes, <laughs> and it's always gonna come out in what we talk about because it has dramatically impacted our lives. Well, it's the foundation to finance. It's finances. the foundation. It's the thing that we have. We've seen people literally thousands of people that we've worked with over. Mm-hmm. Over a decade for me and many for you, Leo. Yeah, yeah. And, and not many decades, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like 120 years, right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But live on a written plan. Track every single expense. Mm-hmm. And then calculate your net worth. Yeah. And calculate it about once a year, yeah. which is something that Ashley and I have been doing for the last several years. And it is really cool to see things shift year to year. Yep. And, you know, from year one to year two, you don't see a ton of movement. But from when year one mm-hmm. to year five, you're going to see dramatic improvements in your net worth over time. Now, your financial net worth is not your true net worth. It's right. not your true value. Right. Good point. Uh, you know, this is not about money, but it is spending on purpose so that you can be free to pursue your purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you have a plan for your money, it allows you to have a plan for your life. Yes. And it allows you to go fulfill the calling on your life and do the things that you were created to do. So spend on purpose.
0: Yep. Okay, so number two is save before you spend. And we're always gonna recommend that you do this, that you save before you spend so you can experience that stability day to day and also in the future, right? Because it's not just about managing well today. We talked about social security and what's what's happening there. Well, you again, it's about setting yourself up, not just for today, but also for the future. And saving before you spend allows you to do that because it creates this priority in the way you manage money where savings is more important than spending. Mm, not yeah, that you you're not going to save 80% and live on 20. Most people will do the opposite. But when you prioritize that first 15-20%, then the other 80% you could spend without guilt, without any worry because you know that today's taken care of, but the future is also prioritized.
1: Yeah, it delays gratification and it leads to contentment mm-hmm. in your life, it mm-hmm. leads to gratitude and joy. And it allows you to have money set aside so that when things come up, you're ready. So we talk about three different types of savings. One, short-term savings. Anything that you're going to buy in the next 12 months is going to fit into this short-term category. And Leo and I have always recommended that you put that directly into your budget. Yeah. That, that if you're going to buy something in the next 12 months, it should be in your budget, like right. your regular annual budget. If you're going to have to uh, buy new clothes in the next 12 months, yeah, put it in the budget, do haircuts, do um, gift expenses for Christmas. Midterm savings is anything that's two years to five years. Right. Uh, Ashley and I have been saving for the last several years to purchase a car. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to car dealerships and we're looking on Craigslist and we have a, you know, a pool of cash saved to go purchase a car. So long-term savings is anything that's more than five years. And it's typically income replacement type savings, like retirement, getting ready for when you're not able to work at the same level and you don't have to rely on social security. That's really good. So save before you spend.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, number three is increase your financial margin. And this is such an important part of managing money well because when you're successful, right, when you're pursuing things and you're growing your career and your education and you're getting better and better, then typically what happens at the same time is your income is increased. As you add more value to your employer, as you do more work, as you learn more, you're worth more. So, therefore, your income begins to rise. And hopefully, your income will outpace. The yeah. inflation and everything that's happening naturally, <laughs> and in our, your desire to spend <laughs> exactly. Um, so by doing so, though, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, any time I have an income increase, and this is something that Natalie and I, as soon as we got on a budget and we got out of the hole that we were in we started to see that the more margin we created, the better we felt about our life in general. We were happier. We were less stressed. And when Natalie started working after finishing college, this was an extra income to us. We talked about this in previous series that yeah. we shot for the fact that we always wanted to live on one income just in case, mm-hmm. right? And so we still do that today, even yeah. though we both work full-time. Um, I work full-time and part-time. Actually, I have a couple of things going on, but we still live on one income. And so we're saving aggressively because we're a little bit older and we didn't start it as early as I think we could have, obviously. But my point is here is that because we knew that this created the right um, result, margin, meaning increasing margin, Mm -hmm. created the right Mm -hmm. result, we pursued that ongoing. And it's something that we always have lived with. We always have more Coming in, then it's going out. Right. And whenever that stops, then spending stops, and everything else stops yeah. because we will not live without margin. And the way it was described to me year, years ago, David was this way. Somebody used this example and said, "Imagine opening up a book that has no margins. It's just words from one end of the page oh, to the goodness. other, yeah. and from top to bottom. It's just words everywhere. There's no spacing at all. It's just words. How easy would that be to read? How frustrated would you be trying to follow every line?" when you don't have any margin. And I thought, wow, what a great example of oh, yes. how I felt about finances sometimes. It was like this chaotic mess. But when I created margin, I'm like, I don't want anything other than the peace of knowing that there's always room. There's always a buffer between what I need and what's coming in. And I think that is a worthwhile pursuit. So if you increase your margin, um, that that you could, you could do that only two ways. One, you can make more money. And we always encourage that work hard, increase your income by improving your own worth so that your current employer will give you more or through a side hustle. If you have a purpose and a desire to do something on the side, start it now while you have a full time income. You know, that's a great way to 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 eventually pursue something that maybe you're purposed and designed to do. And also the second option, of course, is spend less. And the way you do that is one, you pay off debt. Right, get mm-hmm. rid of all the consumer debt so you're not having any payments, you're not wasting any of your income on that. And then be frugal, right? Get more out of the resources that you have, right? Find a way to create more or to gain more value from the money you're actually spending. Right, And then last, you know, set a proper lifestyle that's within your income and your savings goals, because that way it's always gonna be able to create that margin and maintain that
1: margin. Yeah, I love that. So increase your financial margin in step three. And then finally, step four is to invest wisely. Mm. So we always recommend that you invest wisely to increase your impact. Think about that, the desire of this whole plan is that you would live your true life's purpose Mm -hmm. and that you would have an impact on this earth that you were designed to have, that you would serve people and that impact would grow. And so if you invest wisely today, it will allow you to increase your impact on the world tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we recommend looking at tax-favored investments Mm -hmm. uh, like a matching 401k at a job. If you're working at a company that has a 401k, absolutely take advantage of the match. Now we've talked about how it's important to spend on purpose Mm -hmm. and to save before you spend. So make sure that you're going in order, but once you've knocked out debt, you've increased your margin. You know, you have more coming in than going out. You've got your stability fund, the shock absorbers on your car. So if Mm -hmm. you hit a bump on the road, it doesn't take the car off the road. Once you've got those things in place, Start doing the matching 401k. -hmm. Start putting money into these tax-favored accounts. And when I say tax-favored, a 401k gets tax benefits. It is a special account that you don't pay taxes on when you put the money in, and you don't pay taxes on while the money grows. That's right. And so now, when you're 65 or 59 and a half, or at whatever age you start to take money out, you're going to pay taxes on it then. Yeah. But that means that for however long you had it in that account, it grew tax free. It grew mm. without the government taking any of it away, and, and it grew be, again. That can be a
0: significant amount significant over time.
1: Significant because of sure. compound interest. And so, so use a matching 401k at your work. Use an IRA, an individual retirement arrangement at a brokerage if you don't have a 401k. Uh, And you could do a Roth, which is where you pay taxes today, but then you don't pay taxes on it as it grows and Mm. you don't pay taxes when you take it out. So those are the two big options. Anytime we say tax favored, we're referring to either the Roth IRA, 401k, or the regular 401k mm-hmm. IRA. Uh, and then another great place to invest is in a business. Um, I love what Leo said he said, you know, I Leo Natalie works full time, I work full time, and then he said, and I've got a side job, right? He works more than full time, but it's because he's investing in a business and he's growing that business, which again will allow him to have continued income and not have to rely on social security. So, invest in yourself, invest in a personal business, invest in other people's businesses through stocks and mutual funds, Mm -hmm. invest wisely. Absolutely. Well, those are our favorite. Um, (laughs) Although, as
0: we went through and looked at the ones, I thought we could have probably touched on every single one of them. Because honestly, every single episode that we've done has always been with a heart of educating and bringing uh, wisdom and knowledge to you that we're both gaining and sharing, so not all Absolutely. of the stuff we knew. Um, so we had to do a lot of research, a lot of work to, uh, to share some of this information yeah. with you, which has helped us grow. So thank you for the challenge of teaching you while we're also <laughs> teaching ourselves. Yep. Um, that's probably the best way to learn is to try to teach someone else because it, you have to take it to that level. But we've really enjoyed uh, bringing all this content to you in 2019, we really enjoyed seeing the reviews, the growth in listeners, the downloads we really have seen an, a significant increase in getting money right in every aspect of of this uh, business, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, is just the side gig that David and I do. Yeah. And we do it because we love it first and foremost, um, but we also really have a deep desire to help people with this topic because both of us have struggled in some ways in this and know the benefit that this has. So it is really our, our heart's desire and our true hope that this has been beneficial to you. Absolutely. And if it has, would you do us a huge favor and share, share this episode, share, tell everyone about getting money right. Tell them that this episode has impacted you or that other episodes that we've mentioned in this episode and, of course, throughout the last two years that, you know, share one that really meant something to you with someone and say, hey, you guys might wanna listen to those. So you might, you know, I know you're asking about budgeting or you're asking about something about money. Here's an episode that I think might answer those questions for you. And our hope is that it'll open up their eyes to not just that, to, to the answer to that question, but many other questions that they're not even asking. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for the reviews. We're over 200 reviews on Apple. Uh, unbelievable. Um, so I'm just so, so, gra- so grateful that, that you guys did that. I know it's your time. I know that it, it takes an effort to do that. And we thank you for it. And um Just thank you for 2019. It's been a great year. We have some amazing plans for 2020. We want to really take this content to a deeper level. And we're also considering potentially doing a seminar, so that's going to come your way. Uh, We hope to really just offer more and more value to our listeners and those that are out there listening, and our desire is that you would be equipped, and that's really the purpose why we do what we do. You can find out more about getting money right by going to leoseba.com. There's resources, there's content, there's all kinds of things there for you to take advantage of. Of course, go to stewardshippastors.com, David's website. His book, Jesus on Money, is coming out soon there's also videos and resources on that website. And it's really a a message that's so important to Christianity today. Churches need this information, and the people in churches need this information. This is a great platform that you can inform your spiritual leader about, and they can take and use this information in order to gain that knowledge and share with their congregation. I think it's such an important topic, and there's no better place that you can go to get that. Well, we wanna thank you for joining us for this episode and for all of 2019. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for for listening and continue to share. We look forward to having you join us next time in 2020 so that together,
1: we We can can keep keep getting
0: getting money money
1: right. right. Think about that, the desire of this whole plan is that you would live your true life's purpose Mm -hmm. and that you would have an impact on this earth that you were designed to have, that you would serve people and that impact would grow. And so if you invest wisely today, it will allow you to increase your impact on the world tomorrow.